My oldest son this week was signing up for classes for his sophomore year in high school. Um, and it got me thinking as I was studying and looking through this text of how, whether it's for high school or whether it's for college courses, how I've never seen a class for listening. You ever seen that? Luke, you ever seen a class that says, hey, listening? <laughs> I don't think so, right? Um, I, I've never heard of a degree for listening, right? But you hear like public speaking classes, you hear communication classes, communication degrees, but not listening, right? Some of you guys, your wheels are turning and you're like, oh man, we need to get started on this. It's going to be great. Listening classes. But listening. In our world, if you think about it, we, we are a world of communication. We communicate all the time. Emails, text, constantly. If you think about it, we are communicating. Facebook, Twitter, whatever social outlets, we are communicating constantly. But what I want us to hear today is, is the kingdom of God, and specifically, even the kingdom of God here on earth. Crucial to it is listening, is hearing. In fact, how we listen and how we hear is the most important thing when it comes to the kingdom of God. Communicating is significant, it's important. What I'm doing here is Important, proclaiming and preaching is important, but if we don't listen, we miss the purpose and the point of proclaiming and preaching. And so this morning, I, I want us to listen, <laughs> not because I'm up here, it doesn't matter who is up here, not because of that but because it's the Word of God. But I want us to listen in a way that we're told to listen, and the reason is because I so want you to do it when you leave here, because that's where distractions and the circumstances and the pressures of life are waiting to rob you from hearing and listening the way God wants you to. Jesus came and tells us what the kingdom of God looks like here on earth, and that's what we see in verse 1 of chapter 8. And I want us just to begin there. In the context of this text, it says soon afterwards. So soon after, he visited the Pharisee in his house, and the lady came in and washed his feet, kissed his feet, anointed his feet with oil. Great little story we saw last week. Beautiful worship scene in this Pharisee's home. And Jesus, soon afterwards, continues into other villages and cities, and he proclaimed and he preached the kingdom of God. The 12 apostles were with him, the disciples, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary was one of them, who was also called Magdalene, from whom seven demons were called out of her, and then also Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others also 
who were contributing to the support out of their private means. And so as we begin this morning, Jesus is proclaiming, he is preaching, lives are continuing to be changed by the word of God and through the ministry of Jesus of healing others. We see the disciples with him, we see these women with him as well who have had their lives changed and they are also supporting the work of the kingdom of God here on earth and that's so significant, so important and they're doing that. And I want you to hear right from the beginning here that the kingdom of God is for all. It's for all. You see the 12, they're all different types of guys. And then you see these women here. One had seven demons called out. You you have another lady whose husband is part of Herod's crew and he's a servant in Herod's government. And you see this other lady, and so they're all part of the kingdom of God, fully devoted, involved, giving to the work of the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like here on earth, proclaiming, preaching, life change, people involved in different ways in ministry. And so the kingdom of God keeps rolling on here on earth, and then Jesus is on the shore. He's on the Sea of Galilee, and a large crowd comes to him. And what we're going to have here this morning is a picture, a little peek into his proclaiming and preaching. But what he's going to proclaim and preach on this day is so significant for that setting on the shore by the Sea of Galilee, for our setting today, and for every setting you're going to have this week. What he's about to say is of utmost importance of what we do this week and what we do during this time. And so I want you to hear this morning in verse 4 the importance of hearing when it comes to the kingdom of God here on earth. The importance of hearing. So look at verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together, those from the various cities were journeying to him. He spoke by way of a parable. He's on the shore, the Sea of Galilee. Matthew tells us this. He's declaring the word of God. He's preaching to this crowd that is maybe shut down their businesses, they've traveled, these small towns maybe have shut down, just to come to hear Jesus speak, to teach, to preach. He had a big following, and he speaks in parables. What's a parable? A parable uh, is a common form of teaching in Judaism. It's a long analogy. It's often cast in the form of a story that advances this single thought or this single idea that has many parts to it, but the whole goal is to capture the listener. And comparisons are made that are known to the hearers so that they are connecting, engaging with what's about to be shared. Jesus wants the participant, the hearer, to feel like he's part of the story, he's in the story. Why? So that he can overturn their worldview, their thinking about big things in life, beliefs, Basic values that they would engage with truth. Why? So that they can respond. Every parable demands a response. And he wants them to respond, we're going to see, in a specific way. And so look at verse 5. Jesus begins this parable. Let me read it for you. The sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell beside the road. It was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Look at verse 8. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, it's not enough just to have physical ears. That's the point that Jesus is making. There's spiritual ears. There's a heart ear, if you would. There's a heart that hears more than just words and stories. There's an ear, there's a heart that hears the preaching of the word of God as compelling and as life-changing and transforming. That's the point Jesus is making. I, I want you not just to hear this, but I want you to hear this. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That's what God wants for us. And so it's, he shares this parable. He wants us to, to hear in such a way that is not just normal hearing. And so that's what he's going to address, how we hear. How are we hearing? So the first thing he says, look at verse 11, he's going to tell us that this parable has some parts to it. It has, obviously, the sower. The sower um, can be us, believers, who are throwing out the word of God, because that's what the seed is. The seed, verse 11, Jesus says, is the word of God. On this day, specifically, the sower, Jesus, is throwing out the word of God, Okay? But the important part, sower's important, seed's important, but the most important part is the soil. The soil. How we hear. How we receive. How we listen to the word of God. So look at verse 5, and as we read the story again, I want us to read the explanation. Because his disciples are going to ask, raise their hands like every good student does. I got a question. <laughs> I got a question. What does this mean? And so I want us to do that at the same time. Look at verse 5. He gives the story piece. Some fell beside the road, the seed, and it was trampled underfoot. The birds of the air ate it up. Okay? Verse 12, he explains it. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes. He takes the word from their hearts so that they will not believe and be saved. So this first hearing has two elements to it. The first is the mission of Jesus. Jesus' mission is to come to preach and proclaim the gospel. Why? The end of verse 12. So that those who hear the word of God would believe and be saved. That's Jesus' mission. Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, I've come to give life and that they would have it abundantly. But the devil comes, right? He comes and even in a setting like this, or maybe on a bus where you're sharing the gospel with someone, or on a mission trip, or in your neighborhood, or uh, at the sporting event, and you're sitting next to somebody, and there's an opportunity to share the gospel, you share the gospel, and all of a sudden, as you're sharing it, what, what's the devil doing? He's coming, and as that person is hearing and listening, he's snatching that truth, that word, away. Because why? His mission in John 10.10 10, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to be saved. But Jesus has come. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, not wishing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. So this first 
group of hearers, what do they not have? They don't have spiritual ears. They don't have spiritual hearts to hear and believe and be saved. They don't have that. But I want you to hear this too. The whole point of this parable is not to say who's lost and who's not. It's not to say who's saved and who's not saved. No, that's not the point, right? The point is, everybody, listen. Doesn't matter where you are at. Right now, presently, listen. And so, I I believe verse 12 just doesn't happen to lost people. It happens to believers. The enemy so wants you not to hear and to listen today and this week to the truth. And he wants to come in and rob it. In this specific case, when the gospel comes out and is proclaimed to save so that one would believe, the enemy is hard at work to rob people from that truth and from the ability to listen, to hear, to understand. Now the second here, verse 6, is this one. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And then the explanation, verse 13, those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy and excitement, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, a moment, a season, and in time of temptation, they fall away from the faith or from believing. So this next kind of hearing is temporary, right? It's like when you get on an airplane, right? You, you pray, Lord, help this airplane take off well. I'm going to go through my prayer. Uh, Lord, help this airplane fly well, be with the pilot, be with everybody else, be with all the engines. Uh, Lord, help it land well. And then when you get on the ground, you're no longer praying that prayer, right? And we do that sometimes in life when it comes to faith. Lord, help me through this season. Help me through this season. But then we get on the other end of that, our faith is gone. And so this is momentary faith. This is seasonal faith. We get all excited. Maybe we hear a good message. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then we depart and we leave out these doors and that faith is, is gone because there's no root. There's no root. There's no moisture feeding that and sustaining that. And so this temptation right here, this Temptation that Jesus is talking about is mainly adversity. It's mainly the, the idea of trials. Because what happens a lot of times, we go through hard times or, or hard places in life, they tempt us to do something. Instead of leaning in and trusting in Jesus, what do we do? We start trusting on ourselves, in our wisdom, in what we think is right. And so this is a trial, this is a temptation, this is when the heat gets really hot, this is when pressure comes, the circumstances of life becomes too much, too much. And it happens in every area of life. But it can especially happen in the home, right? It can happen in families, it can happen in marriages, it can happen in parenting. The pressure's real, whether it's pressure of money, whether it's just the pressure of disagreements, You've got kids not listening. I mean, we can just keep going. I mean, you've got these trials. They're small trials. Sometimes they're big trials. But I, but I want you to think about home real quick. I want you to think about family real quick. You might be saying, well, what? What does this have to do with listening to the voice of God? I want to share a verse with you, one that just probably read a few times at least, never really stuck out, 
But I want you to hear this verse, Psalm 106, verse 25. Listen to what it says. It'll be up on the screen. It says, they grumbled in their tents. Okay? They grumbled in their tents. So what does that mean? So you got this kind of family situation, right? And what are they doing? They're criticizing each other. They're in arguments. Um, they're upset at each other, right? They, they went to, to church and they got mad with each other in the car. They went to church and acted like they were okay for a little while. Then they got back in the car and they got mad at each other more on the way home. I mean, it's real, right? It's real. And we do that. But what happens right here is they grumbled in their tents and did not listen to the voice of God. So, so, so what is that? That means the pressures, the circumstances, they're real. Trials are real. Adversity in the home is real. Problems are real. It's tough parenting, especially if you're going to do it authoritatively and you're going to ask kids to obey. It is not easy. And so the question is, when it gets tough, who am I listening to? Am I listening to me, my selfish needs and selfish desires? My wife won't do this. I, I, she won't do this. She won't act like this. But over here looks pretty good right now. The grass is greener over here, right? Idea. And we start thinking in our head and maybe eventually even telling ourselves, maybe that's even an opportunity. Just being real. I've always started thinking, man, I don't have to listen to this and put up with this. And we start criticizing. We start maybe getting in a pattern where it becomes even a habit to where we start thinking, man, I just don't want to listen to that. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't. And we just start, we get it in our mind to where, you know what? I know truth that I once believed in and trusted in. I know that, but you don't listen to it anymore. I, I know this is a covenant marriage. I, I know that this... It's supposed to be something that I'm in for the long haul. And Jesus says what he puts together, no man, let no man separate, no let no one put apart. But what happens is we stop listening to the truth. I'm to love my wife as Christ loves the church. I'm to love my husband and respect him. And we start stop listening to those truths. Someone would say, yeah, 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 I get that, but you don't know. He acts like this or she acts like this, and that's what we get to. So this grumbling is real. It's real in the tent, and it's real in the home, and he says right here what we end up doing. We get to a point where we just stop listening to truth, and so this sermon is not just how well you listen to a sermon. This sermon's about how well you listen to the truth of God when you're at home, (laughs) And when things that are real get tough, what are you going to do? Are you going to listen to the word of God, or are you going to let me, I, rule? Are you going to let selfishness come in? Are you going to let your new playbook call the shots? Jesus says, the temptation comes. And they believe for a while, for a season, for a moment. And the trial takes it away. 
And look at verse 7 and 14. The other here, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. The explanation, verse 14, the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries, riches, pleasures of this life, and bring new, no fruit to maturity. And so this kind of hearing is choked out or overcome by what? By distractions, right? And that's what the year 2000, when it's going to be labeled with, right? The year of, or excuse me, <laughs> the century of distractions. This generation will be called the generation of distractions. Now, before you start saying, yeah, I know, I know, right? Right? Turn the selfie view of your camera on and look at it for a second. We get distracted too. <laughs> we get distracted too. Distracted with what? Pleasures. So we see coveting, riches, greed. The lure of this, this world can distract us from hearing and living out the word of God in obedience. We see this in scripture. Paul had a guy named Demas, and Demas was a guy who was in ministry with him. They were traveling partners. But it tells us that Demas, in 2 Peter 4.10, having loved this present world, Paul says, has deserted me. And so it's real. The lure of this world, the lure of the pleasures of this world, the wealth of this world, and for more wealth and for riches, can become such a lure that we stop listening to the word of God. It can be sin. Where we, th we look at the sin, we see the sin, and, and for some reason in our mind and our hearts, that seems more pleasurable, more beautiful, more desirable than God and his word. And so we let that come in and choke out the truth that we have heard. Um, it can be distractions here, right, on a Sunday morning. I mean, this is just a, a small little thing. Obviously, we use these things a lot. We use iPads a lot. Some people do because of vision and things like that to read the Word of God. But can we just be honest during the week? It, it happens all the time, and, and especially it can happen in settings like this. But my wife and I had having a conversation this week, and her phone was laying on the counter, and she's telling me something that, that happened, a, a story, and I was all engaged. And then all of a sudden, ding, you know, the little the noise, that noise, you know, and I looked, and I mean, her, her phone was just kind of flooded with text, and so I just looked for a moment, and she said, are you listening, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm listening, you know, and I was, but I, I wasn't, and, and I, it just how quick we can get distracted. And even in a setting like this, we, we could use the phone for our Bible, and I'm not anti that, and you could use the iPad or whatever, but then the score comes up. And it's like, man, the Golden State Warriors just lost to the Pelicans. You're like, whoa, what? You know, how'd that happen? You know, things like that, or um, some kind of news report, right? Um, or there's a game hanging out over here, and I've heard this sermon before, so I'm just going to kind of come do this little game. I, I need to catch up on Fortnite, right? Because I've done it for 23 hours, but this one hour is distracting me, so I need to get back to it, all right? So, for you adults in the room that don't have a clue what that is, good, right? <laughs> good. So, but, it, but it's real, 
it's real. And then we can distract others as well with it in this setting also. So we have to be mindful of that. But distractions are real. And they keep us from hearing the word of God. Then look at the next thing he says in verse 8. Other seed fell into the good soil, grew up, produced a crop a hundred times as great. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones. So this is verse 15. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. And so this is the last here. The last here is exactly what Jesus desires. It's what he wants for us. To receive the word of God, the truth of God, whether it's in a setting like this, whether it's during the week, during our devotional times, whether it's when things are getting hard during the week, whether it's the temptation for distractions, he wants us to have an honest, noble, good heart to continually just receiving the truth of God. Now, this noble and good heart is not just something we just go, woo, I got it, right? No. No. This is something Jesus does. And he gives us understanding. And he gives us this kind of heart. Ezekiel 36, God says he's going to give us a new heart, right? Jeremiah 27, uh, 24, excuse me, verse 7 says, God says to the Israelites, I will give you a heart to know me. And so God gives us spiritual ears. He gives us a spiritual heart to receive his truth, to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Now, how does this work? Look at verse 9 and 10 real quick. His disciples started questioning him about this parable. All right, we'll get back to the, the good soil in just a second. But he starts questioning about this parable. Jesus says to them, To you it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables. So, and I want you to see this so, and if you're taking notes, which is another good way to listen, if you're taking notes or anything, with the so Put this phrase, it is literally, this indicates divine purpose is about to be heard, okay? And so Jesus has some that he, he has opened the kingdom of God to, to hear, right? But to some he shares in parables, why? That seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now I want you to hear, these are shocking words. And so Jesus says, hey, listen. As I'm sharing, there are some the kingdom of God is going to be open to, and they're going to have the word of God revealed to them, and they're going to be saved. There are others that the kingdom of God is going to be concealed to, and they're not going to be able to hear. Some will have physical ears. Some, by the grace of God, will have spiritual ears. So what's the point, though? All right. You've given us these options to hear this way. You've, un- you've kind of given us an understanding of how this works in the kingdom of God, that some are going to hear, some are not going to hear. You reveal, you conceal. So what do we do? What do we do with this truth? Look at verse 18. Look what he says. He says, so take care how you listen. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. So what's the point? He's saying, be careful how you listen. That's the point. He's saying, throw the communications degree away. (laughs) Go get a degree in listening. Be careful how you listen. Why? Here's why. Whoever has... To him more shall be given. 
Those who have spiritual ears will be given understanding. Whoever has to him, Jesus says, more understanding will be given. What they already have is what? An honest and good heart. They've been saved. They've been given a spiritual ears and spiritual heart to hear truth. And the more, the more he's talking about here is the fruit that comes from this good hearer's life. As they hear more truth, they live this truth out more and more. They bear fruit, the end of verse 15, with what? Perseverance. Hard times come. They take the truth they know, they live it out. Distractions come, they take the truth, they live it out. And they gain more and more understanding as they listen to truth and continue to bear more and more fruit. But there's a negative reason. Why listen? Because whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away. And so this refers back to the other three soils in the parable that Jesus just shared, and the failure to hear with this good heart with spiritual ears. Verse 12, what this would mean is this. They think they have the word of God, but what happens is the devil comes in and snatches it away. This hearing barely gets out the door, is the idea. They hear the truth, and it's gone before they even leave. Verse 13, they think they have the word of God and true spiritual faith and joy, but they have no root to sustain them in time of trial and in the pressures of life. Their faith is superficial enthusiasm that is real for only good days, only. So when trials and hard stuff comes, what they think they have is taken away. So this is hearing that lasts until things get hard and tough. And then in verse 14, This applies this way. They think they have the word of God, but when worries and riches and pleasures of life come, what they think they have is taken away and they fail to bear fruit because they love other things more than they love ultimately Jesus. And so this is hearing that lasts until riches or something they think to be better comes along. And then the truth is taken away. So that's why we have to listen. It means that much. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. Our salvation hinges on how we listen. Our fruitfulness hinges on how we listen. The proclamation of the gospel going out hinges on how we listen. That's how big this is. And so just to kind of Speed this up. Look at the last part. Actually, two last parts. I want you to see something here. Look at verse 15, the very end. He said, bear fruit with perseverance. So people who listen to the word of God, they go and do it. They go and obey, right? They bear fruit with perseverance. But what's the connection of this next parable? Look at verse 16. Now no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a container or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. These aren't separate ideas here. This is the same idea that Jesus is continuing from verse 15 to 16. The idea of the fruit is the same idea as the light. The fruit of verse 15 is the light of verse 16. Okay? So this good here produces a life that does what? That has fruit that points people to a Savior. 
Luke 3, 8, John the Baptist says, live a life in, that, that is bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works, your fruit, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so the fruit of hearing in the good soil that we see in verse 15 is this light that shines bright that declares with their life, proclaims with their life that Jesus is their Savior through the way they live. In verse 17, he says, For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. I think Jesus' point here, I think you could take this a couple ways, but I think his main point in the context is that he wants you to know that the word of God, some will not listen to it. To some, it will be hidden. There will be seasons, there will be times when people will not respond to the word of God. They're not open to the gospel. But I think the point that Jesus is making is you still shine your light. <laughs> you still proclaim. You still preach. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 10, 27, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. We're to listen. Even though others may not, we're to listen and to continue to proclaim the gospel and to live a life that displays it. Now what does this all mean in the end? I want you to hear what happens at the end here and then we'll be done. Jesus is declaring this. He's sharing this parable. He's explaining it to his disciples And somebody comes up to him, and I want you to hear what happens in verse 19. His mother and brothers came to him that day. They were unable to get to him because the crowd was so big. It was reported to him, your mom and brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. But he answered them. Not in a way to dishonor mom, not in a way to dishonor his brothers, but he answered them and said, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. So here's what I want you to hear this morning, is that those who are part of God's forever family, those who are part of the kingdom of God, are those who listen to the truth of God, to the word of God. They want to listen to the word of God. Does it mean they don't have off days? Sure, right? But their desire is to listen to the word of God. And they come to the word of God, they hear the word of God with this good heart with this soil that is ready to receive so that they would live a life that produces fruit, that shines the bright light of Jesus Christ in and through them. And so real simply this morning, the message of the kingdom of God is that we must listen to Jesus and his truth. Real simple, right? But that's the simple truth. The kingdom of God looks like this. People who listen to Jesus and obey him and live it out. And that's what Jesus wants. So I pray that for us. It's hard though. It's hard. We've heard why. And so I pray that you would be hearers this week to continue to hear the word of God. Maybe there's some truths that, that you've stopped believing and practicing. I pray that maybe God would take you back to those this week and to change your mind to
continue to thinking the way maybe you used to about him and about the way you should live. Let me pray for us.